Hello, San Pedro Podcast, Season 2, Episode 2. You are listening to the Hello, San Pedro Podcast. I'm Amanda, your host. Join me as I talk to amazing people within our community, business owners, community activists, local leaders, and people like you and me who love San Pedro. This is a place where we'll share big ideas, discuss hot topics, and spread good vibes. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Hello St. Pedro podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Silva. First off, let me just say, I'm really sorry I didn't get this episode out last week. I've been sitting on it for over a week and it's it's probably one of the ones I'm most excited about. Um, but I do understand if you were looking forward to an episode and you were frustrated that there wasn't, I completely get you. I This has happened to me several times with some of my favorite podcasts. Um, and I'm really sorry if you guys were expecting to hear something and you didn't get to because it didn't come out. Um, I will be very honest with you. My work is getting very demanding. We're pretty much going into our tax season. I work in insurance and um, the end of the year is when things really start to get cracking. So uh, I'm starting to get a lot busier and that's just the reality of working a one woman operation right now. Um, I really hope one day that I can, you know, um, maximize this podcast and expand it, um, and maybe bring people on as a team. At this point, it's just me on my kitchen table after everybody's gone to bed, um, mustering up whatever energy I have left (laughs) to edit and, um, you know, do the intro, do the outro for, of this show. Um, doesn't mean I don't love it. It just means I might have to make a few adjustments. Uh, But I do apologize for not getting you my the episode last week. Um, I digress. Today on the show, I have a guest that I have been excited to bring on since probably before I started the podcast. Um, I think when I was in the startup phase of my podcast, I envisioned myself interviewing this person. Um, Of course, I wanted to build it up so that it was worthy of his time. And I'm so glad that he agreed because it means that it is. And um, he's so incredibly kind. He is highly respected in this community. He's so well known and he is responsible for the San Pedro Today magazine. Um, Today's guest is editor-in-chief and founder of San Pedro Today, Joshua Stecker. I am so excited to share this interview with with you all. Um, He was my former boss and working for him was honestly was one of the best jobs I ever had. I look back on my time with the magazine fondly. Um, I was not a writer. I helped out with a lot of social media stuff and he really allowed me to um, lean into my skills and my talents. You know, Um, I believe that that job listed on my resume has opened so many doors for me and uh, yeah, and it's all because of him. So I'm, I'm really thankful to this man and um, I'm incredibly proud that we have somebody like him in our community that continues to to write about it and cherish it and um, and dig up the stories from our rich town um, and put it on display for all of us to read. Uh, I, I believe that the work that he does is so important. St. Peter today is celebrating 10 years and um, this podcast is just going to give you a little bit of insight into what work, all the work and all of the history that went into St. Peter today and building St. Peter today. Um, so yeah, I won't go into it any further. I hope all of you guys enjoy this interview with Joshua Stecker. All right, guys, welcome back. So today on the podcast, I have a very esteemed guest. I have been looking forward to this interview for a very long time. I just didn't want to bug him. <laughs> um, so today on the guest, uh, on the show, I have um, editor-in-chief of San Pedro Today magazine, 
Thank you, Josh, so much for joining me on the show today. It's my pleasure, my dear. How are you? I'm doing really well. Good, 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 good. Um, I don't think I've ever mentioned this on podcast, but I used to work here. You did? Yes. Yes. And so you're back at your own stopping ground. It is really nice to be back in this office. <laughs> this lighting is amazing. It's nice. It's yeah. nice. You know, it's a nice little Sunday where we had Sunday morning in mm -hmm. downtown San Pedro. It's a little foggy outside. We both nice. got our coffee. Both got our coffee. We're finally waking up. Yep. Um, I gotta say, I miss working in Pedro. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I got a little bit closer though. I'm in PV now. That's so good. That's good. I'm slowly making my way. <laughs> um, I am really excited to have you on the podcast because I think this has been a long time coming. I think mm -hmm. a lot of people want to hear from you. I want to hear from you. I have no idea why, <laughs> but sure, let's well, talk. Let's talk about <laughs> San Pedro Today Magazine celebrating ten years. Ten years, That's yeah. Awesome. It's crazy. It's uh, it's crazy. It's cool. You know, it's neat to know that I've. I've actually stuck with something for that long. I know. <laughs> That's kind of how I feel about this podcast. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's still going. We're yeah. a year later. <laughs> <laughs> right? It, it's an accomplishment. You know, it's weird. Mm -hmm. Well, I think for entrepreneurs, too, it's like it, there's so many ideas and then there's so many like dropping of the ball. Oh, you know? totally. Yeah. Totally. And, um, yeah. So you just never know which one's going to stick. But this is pretty cool. Um, well, I want to talk about the magazine, but first I wanted to ask you a little bit about your upbringing and sure. your Pedro boyness. My, my Pedro pedigree, yeah, as we called it yeah. a long so time ago. You grew up here? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Well, kind of. Well, okay, the story goes. Um, uh, born and raised here, uh, went to Brighter Days Montessori, went to Holy Trinity, um, and then my parents, uh, moved, we moved out of town in like 1980. Five. I was in the fifth fifth grade, and we moved to Anaheim. Uh, then, and then eventually, we uh, my parents settled in Rancho Santa Margarita down in South Orange County, which they mm -hmm. currently still live. And um, so, yeah, I left Pedro in fifth grade, and then I never like, went to high school or anything here. Um, grew up in South Orange County, but then eventually uh, moved around. Lived in Los Angeles. Lived in other parts of Orange County. Then uh, eventually moved to New York, and um, uh, 2000 and what took you to New York I was uh, dating a girl at the time and she always, always it's always about <laughs> it's a girl always, the big moves are always for a romantic absolutely <laughs> um, and we were both uh, we were both actors we were both you know doing the actor thing mm -hmm. and she got accepted to NYU and it was one of those decisions where I was like well she's going to New York uh, I've always you know wanted to go let's do it so we moved to New York in 2000 and uh, did the uh, actor waiter thing in New York City for for a couple of years, and then and then things kind of happened in New York around September two thousand one, and uh, my know. whole life kind of like changed. It's yeah. kind of weird. I wanted to ask you about that. Yeah, because I know that nine eleven, as you know, we just passed there, mm -hmm. um, and I know that it had a lot of impact for you. Big as, time, yeah, huge. Yeah, yeah. so let's talk about that. Um, well, I like I said, uh, been a, you know doing the actor waiter thing for forever, and I was working in Times Square at the ESPN Zone in Times Square, which was you know a great job uh, making tips hand over fist uh, uh -huh. in New York City, and um, yeah, I had just gotten I was in California that first week of September, and I had just arrived back into New York City on on that Sunday, which was September 9th. I remember coming back <clears throat> into the city on Monday the 10th to get my work schedule. And then of course, Tuesday was, was 9-11. And it was one of those experiences where, um, uh, I mean, I could go on about it and I know time I won't, but it was, it was one of those moments where I felt like what I was doing with my life didn't seem very important, uh, pursuing a career in acting, in theater. Because on the day of 9-11, um, you know, I, I, I watched, you know, with my own eyes, you know, everything that happened yeah. that morning and stuff. And it, it's crazy. Where were you, if you don't mind me asking? No, yeah. Um, it was weird. My father, so at the time we were there, I was living at the northern tip of Staten Island, okay. which is uh, St. George, uh, uh, basically like a couple blocks away from the ferry station. Mm -hmm. And our uh, apartment I shared with uh, my then girlfriend and a couple of her roommates. Um, 
you know, from the back, you could see like the water and you could see the skyline and, you know, New York City it was beautiful. And living in Staten Island is much cheaper than living in Manhattan. I think we were paying each like 350 bucks for, you know, for a room in this place, which was great, especially in New York City at the oh time. Oh my gosh, yeah. And, um, but yeah, that morning we had the blinds down and my, the whole reason I knew what was going on was my dad called me from, from California. It was like 5.45 in the morning. It was 8.46 or when the first plane hit, all the news started covering it. I remember, yeah. And my dad was watching TV and he was like, hey, uh, look outside, what's going on out there? And I said, I have no idea. And then I just kind of turned on the news, not thinking what he was doing. And I turned on the news and that's when, uh, you know, watch on live TV, the second tower got hit. And it was just like, and then you look out your window and you're like, that's happening here. Unbelievable. <laughs> and you are just, I mean, that was, it was the scariest moment of my life. I, I petrified, like you just didn't know what the hell's going on. Yeah. You just didn't. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, so that day is all, I mean, I can remember, I remember every second of that day, it just, it was crazy. And then, you know, hearing the F-18s, you know, fly over the city at that, you know, at night all week long. It was like an air show going on. Oh, yeah. You know, and then not being able to leave our apartment for a week because we were landlocked because the Staten Island Ferry was being used for emergency purposes. And I couldn't get to work for a week. Oh. Um, so that was crazy. We were landlocked. Um, I, and, I haven't yeah. known anybody that was really in New York when 9-11 happened. Yeah. I didn't crazy. know anyone. I mean, I was in... Oh, I was in grade school, so I mean, like, I was in junior oh, high. Oh, jeez, don't date me now. <laughs> you make me feel older than you did that yourself. <laughs> um, but yeah, I remember. I remember waking up, um, and my my one of my best friends, Missy, who I'm still friends with today, and she's been on the podcast. But she called me, and she's like, Amanda, you have to turn on the news. There's a plane. It went into a building, and I was like, What is she talking about? And I told my dad, like, Dad, what did you know? Can you turn on the news and we saw it. We saw the second tower, and I couldn't imagine being in New York when that happened. Yeah, I mean, it was a really crazy experience. Like, I mean, just a couple months prior, I was my dad, my my dad, my one of my brothers came to visit me earlier that year mm -hmm. in New York, and we went up to the top of the World Trade Center. You know, I got pictures of it. You know, it, and then um, I mean, the World Trade Center was also where I opened up my first New York bank account. They had a Citibank, they had a mall. Uh -huh. Some people don't realize, but underneath the World Trade Center was this huge mall. Wow. It was like a you know, they had everything. It was a CVS, you know, banks and everything. It was, just, it was a big mall. There were uh, d uh, clothing stores and stuff. And um, so when I first got to New York, the very first place I opened my bank account was underneath the tower. I mean, it was just weird. I mean, it was just weird. So <clears throat> to get back to the story, sorry, I'm losing my voice now already. Um, the, uh, so yeah, so I mean, the day after, well, prior to that, before there were things such as like blogs and stuff, I was doing like these um, daily emails to a group of do a group of family and friends. Mm -hmm. So I was every other day or every day I would write like was essentially a um, a diary post or a blog post, what be considered now, just telling about my days in New York City. Yeah, you know there, I experienced so many fun stuff, so many fun things, and it was always fun to share. And so I have um, like my my uh, maternal grandfather. Uh, who I called dad, he uh, was awesome. And one of the greatest things he ever did was he printed out all of those letters. I didn't have a copy of them. And so, but he would always print out my emails That's so we can so read them because you couldn't read them on a screen. Yeah. You know, and so I have a, a collection. It is, it was awesome. And I, to this day, it's one of the, my prized like possessions because he, was, he did it for me. And, uh, but on September 12th, I wrote a, an email to my, you know, same thing I was doing. And I, it, the subject of it was uh, a view from the bottom. And uh, in it, you know, I'm just kind of expressing my feelings about what happened, what I experienced during that time period, how crazy it was, you know, not knowing where some of my friends were, not knowing, you know, just it was chaos. I mean, mm -hmm. you can imagine, it was absolute chaos. Mm -hmm. And in it though, I said, you know, I really feel like this acting thing is important. I, I think I'm gonna go into journalism because you don't realize how dependent you are on the media until you experience something like that wherein every your you didn't know how your day was going to go unless you knew what was going on you didn't know what trains were running you know if you need to know what was going on in the city you had constantly had to be informed mm -hmm. and i just felt that the people doing that work were, were doing incredibly important work and for some reason i gravitated to want to be a part of that yeah so um Cut to a year later, I stayed in New York City for another year, 
hoping to go to school in New York because obviously New York is the capital of journalism. And um, the ironic thing was I couldn't afford to work and go to uh, a junior college in New York City because the junior colleges are expensive actually. Wow. It's not like California. Yeah. So um, uh, at the time my girlfriend, she graduated NYU and we were deciding where we want to go. So we decided to come back to California and um, yeah, we uh, uh, we're came back to California. California. Uh, back to Can that's why I moved back to Pedro. Okay. That's why I moved back to Pedro in the summer of 2002. Mm -hmm. uh, and then that's why, and I pretty much, well, I kind of bounced around, but I've pretty much been ever since. But um, where was I going to go with that? Um, but yeah, I came back here to study journalism. So, that's why I came back. So 9-11 really kind of drove you into this path it changed my course yeah like if I it's weird because it's weird to like to peg like the the worst terrorist act in the history of the world you know or you know in the history of the United States I should say um, uh, peg it as something that because you know I don't know it's weird to talk about because it's a negative thing but it pivoted me to a weird course in my life yeah and I don't know I to this day I really haven't been able to be able to come to terms with it yeah. I guess as a Good way to put it. Well, I, I mean, I think it makes sense. I mean, something. I mean, something like that has the power to really change a person's life. Yeah. You know? I, I mean, obviously, I'm not alone. It affected everybody. You know, it affected a lot of people. I mean, yeah. affected. I mean, nothing's been the same since that ha event. I and know. so, it. But yeah, I totally like. It, it, I pivoted mm -hmm. after it, and I, as I say, came back home. Mm -hmm. You know, and and yeah. So that's what brought me back to Pedro. That's what brought me back to uh, pursuing a career in journalism. Okay. So, yeah. And um, I know that you, f so you went to school for journalism then at that point? I went to Long Beach City College. I got on their newspaper staff. And, but while I was at Long Beach City College, I was waiting tables in uh, Redondo Beach at the Cheesecake Factory. Okay. And one lunch while I was waiting tables, I waited on this, on this uh, lady um, who, asked me a question and to this day it, it, honestly it's like one of the most it's a profound moment in my life because it really has changed things I'm filling her iced tea up and she kind of looked at me funny and she said hey what are you doing with your life and I was so offended by that comment because here I am I, I just moved back I'm going to school I'm waiting tables I didn't feel very valuable at the time I felt like I was just kind of going through the motions and for somebody to call you out like hey what are you doing with your life it's a kind of a weird thing yeah but she meant it in a sincere way she's I mean just the story is, ends up being positive and so I looked at her I said you know what I'm about to take your order and I'm filling your iced tea up that's what I'm doing with my life right now and I kind of walked away and I walked away to the waiter station I'm like who I like asked that? that I like the answer by the way that was I'm a like, great answer well it got me it sparked her it piqued her interest so when I came back to their table She's like, no, seriously. What are you? What are you doing? I like your spunk. I like your. I like your personality. I want to know what you're doing with your life. And so I softened up a bit. I told her I just moved back from New York City. I'm pursuing a career in journalism. I'm waiting tables at the Cheesecake Factory, and I'm filling your iced tea up. That's what I'm doing. And she said, Well, I own a PR firm in Redondo Beach. Do you do you know what public relations is? I said, No, not really. I'm not very familiar with it. And she's like, Well, it's it's part of the media. You'll meet journalists. It's something you'd be interested. You might be interested in. Here's my card. Give me a call. Wow. And so I did. I called her up, and I ended up being um, and uh, going from an intern to an account executive at this boutique PR firm in in Redondo Beach, and that got me my foot in the door. Mm -hmm. And so I was working there for a little bit, and the whole time everybody knew that I wanted to be a journalist. That I didn't want to be in PR. Because in public relations, you're the ones calling the journalists. Right. And I wanted to be on the other side of the phone. That was my whole spiel when I was there. I'm like, I want to be on the other side of the phone. Yeah. And so, cut to it. I was there for a few years, and my boss, her name was uh, was her name was Joe Hunt. She's awesome to this day. I, I consider her just the person who changed my life. Uh, she introduced me to uh, this gentleman named Gary Cox. Mm -hmm. And Gary Cox, um, who has since passed away, Gary was the um, guy who ran the uh, Rancho Palos Verdes uh, public access, the cable okay. stuff, uh, Cox Cable. Oh, yeah. He was doing the public access stuff. Anyways, um, Gary knew Jack Barrich. Mm -hmm. And Jack had just started San Pedro Magazine in October of 2002. Ah. And uh -huh. Jack was looking for writers. And so Joe put me in touch with Gary, who put me in touch with Jack. 
And then when I met with Jack, I started writing for the original San Pedro magazine. Um, I think I started like 2003, I guess. And uh, I was writing, you know, cover stories for that publication up until 2005 when Jack decided he wanted to be a filmmaker, and which he ended up doing. And he, so Jack called me up one day and said, hey, um, I'm going to quit San Pedro magazine. I'm going to pursue filmmaking full time. Do you want to interview for the job? And by this time, I was waiting tables at Houston's in Manhattan Beach. Mm -hmm. And so waiting was, tables was always kind of in, oh, the, in the background. Yeah, I was either an actor waiter or I was a journalist waiter. Like that's <laughs> pretty much what it was. Yeah. I, I you, mm -hmm. you put me in a restaurant, I know exactly what to do. Okay, that's um, cool. And uh, so yeah, so uh, I met Jack. Said, "Hey, interview for the job," and so I did. I interviewed for the position. At the time, the magazine was owned by the Long Beach Press Telegram. Mm -hmm. So Jack was working for the Press Telegram. So I interviewed and I got the job and I took over as, as the editor of San Pedro, or San Pedro Magazine um, in 2005 and I was there until December of 2008 and during that three and a half year period I became their man, manager of magazine publications and so mm -hmm. we started community, their, their whole thing was they could build upon the success of San Pedro Magazine by starting these little small hyper-local magazines in other communities. Ah, yeah. Little did they know that yeah. San Pedro is unique and is a world of its own that it can support something like a publication while other cities just aren't like that. So we were trying cities in, in Downey, uh, Belmont Shore, Seal Beach. Um, I even edited a, a gay publication for a while called Clout. Um, and was that local to Long Beach? All local to Long Beach. Yeah. Well, yeah, lo the give publication was local to Long Beach, but like, you know, City Down, all those places, we tried to do like these hyper-local publications and none of them really worked out. Mm -hmm. So cut to December 2008 um, when the financial crisis hit and everybody was making these cuts and everybody was losing jobs in the journalism industry. They had a massive cut at the Press-Telegram and they just, they uh, laid me off and in doing so, like, killed the entire magazine department. They weren't going to produce these hyper-local publications anymore. So, um, not wanting to get a real job, I decided to uh, take all that I knew in publishing uh, magazines that I learned at the Press Telegram, and I decided to launch San Pedro Today. That is and, an yeah. incredibly inspiring story. I'm like, I've heard this story before, because yeah. I've worked here, yeah. you know, and, I, and you've told me this, yeah. but just hearing it again, and kind of hearing, really just starting from 9-11 and that whole shift, I mean, it's really inspiring. Yeah, thanks. It's, it's crazy because like when it happened, like they gave me a small severance check um, when they laid me off and I took that entire check and I put it into the very first printer bill of the February 2009 issue of San Pedro Today, the first issue. And you know, the, the, the beauty of it was like the community rallied around and they wanted, they wanted to continue, they wanted me to continue the publication all the advertisers stuck with us. Um, it was an amazing show of community support for at a time when, you know, I didn't know what the heck was gonna happen, you know, trying to, I was running yes. this magazine out of my living room yeah. in an apartment for, for, uh, for two years. No, no, for, no, a year and a half, almost, almost two years, yeah. Okay, um, that's good to know. For before reference. I got in office, yeah, I know, before <laughs> I got in office. But yeah, it, it's, it was crazy. Mm -hmm. um, Oh, I was going to say that about the, but yeah, January 2009 is the only month where no public, uh, no magazine was produced for Pedro since 2002. Uh huh. So that's the only month that we didn't produce anything. That was when I was trying to get my ducks in a row. Yeah. But yeah, it's cool. I mean, we ended up publishing the first issue with the, uh, the San Pedro High School football team that won, they were co-champs with Narbonne. Um, for the uh, division title and stuff like that, which is a whole story in and of itself. It's but, really cool to kind of, yeah. and I, you know, since I was here before, I remember looking through all of these issues, and I mean, how far they go back, you even have issues of the San Pedro magazine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it is really awesome just to see the cover stories of, of each of these. It's it's really cool. Yeah. You, you have, like, our history in a little time capsule, kind of. You kind of nailed the whole reason why I even do this thing. Yeah. And that's exactly why I wanted to continue to capture our town's stories and our, you know, it, it, each magazine is a time capsule. Each magazine is a, is a record of the people, places, and the things that make this town what it is. Yeah. And if I knew what that was, I, you know, if I could bottle it up and market it, I would. But there's like this really strange 
thing about San Pedro that all of us know, like everybody listening to this knows, you know, we're not a, we're not a normal town. It's a very unique town. We have a, we have our our we have our weird idiosyncrasies that are unlike any other town, um, and especially in Southern California. And um, it's 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 neat, you know. It's, it's it's really cool. You're right about that because it's so hard to describe when you're talking about. You know how the magazine wanted, or sorry, how the was it the Long Beach Post? They wanted to press do telegram. A, oh, sorry, press telegram. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm confusing it with the mm-hmm. other one. Uh, but the press telegram, how they wanted to do hyper local, you know, magazines, mm-hmm. and how you were like, yeah, but Pedro can do its own thing. Like I just know Pedro can do its own thing. Mm-hmm. I totally know what you're talking about, but at the same time, I can't really put it into words. Like, why are we able to support this type of? media for our own town you know i you know i i i don't know i mean <laughs> other than the fact that i'm i'm confident that we produce a quality product that we pr- my whole thing is i month to month i want to continue to produce something that san pedro can be proud of yeah you know it's it's a magazine mm-hmm. which it's not a newspaper mm-hmm. you know so and people still call it a newspaper and it's one of my little it's not a trigger word for me but it's like it's not a newspaper it's a magazine there are differences there are there are vast differences between the two yeah um, you know we cover feature stories we talk about people we do long-form writing you know mm-hmm. we we try to cover you know stories that maybe the the daily breeze won't cover you know or just does, doesn't cover on, on a daily basis um, and I just want to highlight the good and the positive and because we could talk all day long about the negative stuff in this town and we do people do on social media all day long right but there is another side to it and it's a beautiful side Mm -hmm. and so that's why that's why i think the magazine has continued to stay strong and have a good community uh, reputation because we do focus on the positive. I want to talk more about that. Yeah. First, I want to take a break. Um, yeah, and when we come back, I really want to dive into what you've been able to create here sure. with this magazine. Um, so yeah, right after the break. This episode is brought to you by Cryptospace, San Pedro's one and only cryptocurrency lounge. Learn more at CryptospaceUS.com and definitely follow them on Instagram at Cryptospace.us. Okay, we're back. What I really wanted, this is one of the things that kind of fascinates me about the magazine. Mm-hmm. Because when you lay out the timeline, I mean, you said it yourself, this was at the end of 2008. I mean, the whole economy kind of just took a downturn, right? Yeah, big time. And not only that, but like print, you know, print Mm -hmm. media kind of just took a downturn. Totally. I mean, this is when a lot of magazines and print media kind of just shut down in general. Mm -hmm. So you were able to kind of start a print magazine right right after that. Yeah. And it has been going strong. It has. Ten years later. Yeah. What, what knock did, on wood. Yeah. How, 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 did you, how did you, I mean, what What are your thoughts on that? What do you think has made it so successful? Honestly, it's a testament to the community. Um, it wouldn't be the way it is if I didn't have the subject matter to write about, mm-hmm. you know? Um, going back to like when I was doing the other publications for like other cities, like for the city of Downey, and even recent, even more recently, we tried to do a, a Torrance today a oh. couple years ago, mm-hmm. and you know which lasted a year. But it, you just you find out that some communities just aren't built for something like that because there's a lot of. I don't want to use the term segregation, but there is. Like within a city, like Torrance is a great example. Torrance is a huge city. Yeah. And within Torrance, to produce a publication for Torrance, there are all these little different types of Torrance cities. There's Old Town Torrance. There's like the business district Torrance. And there's like North Torrance and, you know, West and all this stuff. And all of those different areas are uniquely different in and of each other. And to kind of capture that into one publication is is really tough to do, and that's why I don't think something like that can last in a city like that. And it didn't in Torrance. In Pedro, it's a little different because we kind of all know each other in a weird way. You know, either if you know of somebody, or you know somebody who knows somebody, or there's totally. like there's always six degrees of separation between somebody here. Right. And the people who I write about are familiar to people mm-hmm. you know like for example the current 
issue right now is Yolanda Regalado from oh, Sirens. Oh, of course. You yeah. know? And of course I had to celebrate Yolanda because, you know, Sirens is, Sirens is a very important part of the current downtown San Pedro culture here. Right. And her absence when she closed was felt <sighs> tremendously here. It really was. And so her return to downtown was definitely newsworthy and definitely deserved to be celebrated and to be, you know, put on the cover because hers is a business that not only is a great business, they serve great coffee, you know, they're wonderful people inside, but it's it also created this hub where the community could come in and we just were missing that here. Mm-hmm. And it, it was funny, like her, her absence was felt so dramatically and her return has now been felt so dramatically that, you know, it, it, we were right, yeah. you know, it is just how, it's how it is. Yeah. But there are other communities that just don't do it. We are the only community who proudly wears our pride on our sleeves, on our t-shirts, tattoos, yes. on our bumper stickers. Yeah. You don't see that in Torrance. You don't see that in Downey. You don't see that in other cities like that. I know. And it's I've just never been different. able to put my like finger on it. And even when I'm describing to people, cause like, I've noticed I talk about Pedro in this really proud way. Yeah. And I even like try to entice people to come check it out. Mm-hmm. And like, look, this is where you're going to love to live if you're looking for a new place. And it's like, I don't even know if I want to bring any more, like more traffic into San Pedro, but I just can't help but brag about this town. Yeah. And um, I, I know there's a lot of negative stuff, but I love this town so much. And that's, I think, what a lot of people in the community feel. Mm-hmm. And that's why it is what it is. It's like we have this adoration for our town. Yeah, totally. It's like we can make fun of ourselves. Yeah. That's fine. But if somebody else says something, out of town says something bad about San Pedro, oh, hell no, you know? We defend it like nobody's business. The hoop earrings are coming out. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly, It's yeah. a very, it's a weird thing, but it's the truth. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, you just don't find that anywhere else. And that I think is one of the reasons why you know, we were people have responded so well to the magazine, and people have, you know, the biggest complaint I get with the magazine is when people don't get it on their driveway, like for whatever reason. Sometimes the delivery can be miss, or honestly, it, sometimes it's the people who are walking during the mornings who, well, oh, I might as well pick up a copy for my neighbor. Oh, maybe my aunt will want another copy too as they walk around. Oh my gosh. I get many complaints like that as well. Oh man. Uh, but people just want to know, people want to see and celebrate, and yeah. and feel like they're a part of their community. One of the biggest, uh, in recent years, one of the most interesting compliments I've gotten with the magazine are from people who are just moving into town. Mm-hmm. In fact, I got a letter to the editor the other day about about it, about somebody who found a copy of the magazine in one of the businesses in town, opened it up, and just felt like they were a part of the community. And they were thanking me for producing this publication because, because they, like, I've been here for a year, and after reading your magazine, um, you know, I finally feel like, I, I'm. I feel like I want to be a part of the community. They were asking me like, "How can I be a part of it? How can I be, you know?" Mm-hmm. And I get those a lot, and it's that's so sweet. It's neat, I don't, I'm know? realizing I'm not commenting at all, and I'm just like smiling. Like, <laughs> oh, story, and I know the listeners can't see me, but yeah, that's a really touching story, and that just it's, makes me so happy. Yeah, and I get those a lot. I get a lot from people who just moved into town. A lot of transplants mm-hmm. really like latch onto the magazine as their source for trying to connect. Yeah, with because they're because they're not generational. Yeah, you know they don't have the multi. I'm a fourth generation San Pedrin. Yeah, my grandfather Bill Stecker owned Modern Muffler Shop on 22nd and Pacific. Mm-hmm. You know, my mom was Mary Star Fiesta Queen. My dad was the drummer in the wingtips for decades. Oh, very cool. I have a very strong Pedro pedigree in this town, yeah. you know? And the, um, all of that, you know, it just, it, for, the, for the people that are coming into town who don't have that, the magazine has been a, a point of reference for them to connect with the rest of us. Yeah. And that is awesome mm-hmm. you know and that to me is like I'm doing I'm doing the work I'm supposed to be doing right when, it, when I get those compliments and when mm-hmm. people send those that stuff in what has been the most challenging thing about running a magazine about running a magazine in general look like a local magazine um deadlines yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hate deadlines but my life lives off deadlines mm-hmm. um, it's challenging sometimes it's challenging when you know uh, you're forced to choose between one story or another when you like, I don't know, there's a, yeah, there's a lot of challenging that. things that go along with, especially in town because it's a personal magazine. I'm not writing about strangers, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and even if, even when I am writing about strangers, they don't become strangers in the end, yeah. you know? So 
it, it's you know the magazine is personal too. You know you gotta you you're telling people's personal stories, and there's a responsibility that comes along with that. Right. You know where to not only tell the truth and be accurate and be um, honest, but also in telling the stories that are interesting and that people want to read and that people you know there's a balancing act with trying to figure out what stories go and where you know it's it's just it's crazy yeah it's chaos. I'm imagine. talking in spurts but it's crazy no I, I can imagine because it, you know when you go through the magazine you have multiple stories but yeah I feel like I would have a hard time picking which ones I mean I'm sure it would be hard to like uh, get the best out of writers too, you know? Yeah. Do, do writers pick their own stories? Well, the columnists, so the magazine's divided basically into three parts. You have like our editorial stories, me and like the cover story, and we usually have like one or two secondary stories. Mm -hmm. And then uh, the first half of the magazine is devoted to uh, columnists, and they're, they're handpicked by me, who people who I think offer a unique view of town. And, you know, the columnists have, have shifted over the years. Um, like right now, we have a, um, a a uh, faith columnist with uh, Pastor Nathan Hoff from Trinity Church. Oh and, yeah, I know him. You know, he's cool. You know, I thought I'd put that in there just to, you know, shake things up a little bit, have something different. You know, Ricky from Heyday um, CrossFit uh, does the fitness column every month and he's just awesome. Mm -hmm. I mean, I always, every time I read his columns, I feel shamed that I'm not going to the gym like, why enough. Going yeah. Yeah. Um, but, and people respond, you know, then, and of course I have Steve Marconi who's been a San Pedro columnist for decades. And you know what's funny is like, you know, um, you know I've known, my family has known the Marconis for like a really long time. You yeah, know? yeah. Like, I've known them since I was a little kid and uh, Nathan Hoff was our pastor when I, we were at the church. And you prove my point. It is just so Pedro. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, not to coin Angela's thing, but yeah, it's, it's so Pedro, it you really know? Is. It, it oh, really is. Oh, I say is. that a thousand times. And everybody <laughs> knows in the podcast, like, that's so Pedro is Romy's thing. Yeah. And she hit it, like she hit the nail on the head. Like, totally. I find myself saying that all the time in the podcast. Yeah, it's crazy. Mm -hmm. uh, just a unique town. There's a lot of things to talk about, you know. So it's amazing. I've been doing it for ten years. I still can't wrap my head around it. But is there one issue um, or, or one cover story, I should say, that got a lot of attention in a controversial way, like um, kind of stirred up the community? We did a homeless issue uh, a couple of years ago. Actually, I, I just pulled it out as reference because of the current issue we're working on. And um, I actually remember that issue. I yeah, remember the cover paint. Yeah, it was a really interesting story. Um, and it was the first time we had tackled something that was, I mean, the sad thing about it was we did the story, I think it was four years ago. And the problem has not gone away. In fact, it's gotten worse. A lot worse. A lot worse. And so, yeah, that was an interesting topic to talk about because also because it's constantly shifting. At that point in time, there was like, all the argument was about like tiny houses and like all remember, this. Remember, yeah. like, uh, and Facebook was blowing up. Oh it it my just gosh. got, it became a very toxic, toxic mm -hmm. subject. Um, still is, really. But yeah, that was probably a big one that we did that, that got a lot of attention. That Because we put a human face on some of the homeless people that were down there at the time. Um, you know, we talked about there was one guy there who was a former fisherman. Yeah. who came upon hard times, who was homeless, you know, from San Pedro. He was like a, like, again, he was like a probably second or third generation San Pedro. Mm -hmm. And a couple other people who were locals in the town who just fell upon hard times. But you have your, you know, then there's all that terrible, vagrant criminal element that's there now. Yeah. It's just a bad topic, you know, well, a bad I, subject right now. I mean, the, oh, yeah, we could talk all about yeah, that. I mean, not, I, yeah, we I've won't, had, but I've yeah. had, um, you know, Amber Shankin throw on the podcast mm -hmm. and she gives really amazing you know, insight into into the reality of what's going on with the homeless, you know, and yeah. how she said, you know, 70% are mostly from, they're local, you yeah. know, they're not like being shipped in from other places, yeah. that is the case, you know, in, in sometimes, but most of them are our community, they're mm -hmm. our community members who fell on hard times, Yeah, and it is, you're right, it's, it is, it's just super controversial, that's part, that's a lot of the reason too, why I was in, kind of inspired to start the podcast, is because I was seeing all this negativity on Facebook. I was seeing all this like toxic stuff going on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's yeah. a need for more conversation about that. Totally. Totally. Yeah. So we'll see where it goes. Where were, what were some of the complaints you were getting on that issue? Well, at the time, people were very vocal about, I mean, we're going to digress into the topic if we go into this fully, <laughs> but, and we don't want to, but you know, people just had strong opinions about it. Right. You know, people have strong opinions about what they see as their version of a solution. And emotion is not necessarily the 
best way to confront an issue. Sometimes you need to take a step back and use logic right. and data and, and uh, a cooler head. Mm -hmm. And at that point in time, in this part of town, that was a very hard thing to find amongst people because very people were very emotional about this and still are. Still are, yeah. Yeah. Okay, on the opposite <laughs> end, what was, I mean, I'm sure it's like really hard to pick a favorite, but what was a really memorable cover that you you were really proud of? I mean, I'm sure, I, like I know it's probably hard to narrow it down to one, but is there one that really stands out to you that you just absolutely enjoyed? Um... Oh man, that absolutely enjoy. There are so many. Um, I mean, enjoyed, made an impact. Like, I mean, got a lot of praise. I mean, just one of the ones that stand out to you. Um, I always like doing the reasons to love issues because those are, are are kind of silly and fun, and it opens up the the community to a lot. It opens up the possibilities of our community to people who maybe think about it in a narrow box, which sometimes is a lot of people. Um, because we in those issues we we write about you know reasons to love this town and it was a total takeoff from New York Magazine. New York Magazine produces this reasons to love New York issue every year, mm -hmm. and I totally just like that's a great idea. Let's use it for San Pedro. Oh yeah. Because you could find a million reasons to love this town, totally. and then you could find the guys who could find a million reasons to hate this town, which <laughs> do come out as well. But the because um, we love to hate we love to hate ourselves here sometimes. And but those are always fun to put together because it's like because I discover things that are right. that aren't even on my radar sometimes mm -hmm. you know and people like to think that I know everything that's going on in town because I do this magazine that's so far from the truth like mm -hmm. people I learn as people learn you know people send me stuff as well I mean I may know a little more than some but at the same time I'm still learning yeah I'm still gathering information I'm still surprised at some of the things I discover yeah here you know mm -hmm. so um, well. I think the work has been amazing and it's awesome to kind of look back like just seeing all the covers right here on this coffee table yeah. is like so awesome it's cool you know I have a good I have a I've been fortunate enough to have a wonderful group of people that have been with me for a really 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 long time to help me do this like you know Patricia Roberts who my ad rep who's been with me since day one mm -hmm. since we both worked at the press telegram together she was my boss actually the press telegram at one point oh really yeah she's been my ad rep from the beginning and then uh, my uh, art guy Joseph and, and Julie, who helps me out as well. They, but Joseph's been with me from the beginning, um, and uh, you know, I mean, so many other people. And Shauna Jacari, who's my ad rep, who's like basically my my community outreach person as well yep. because she knows everybody I and she's see her awesome. Everywhere. I see her everywhere. Yeah, I love her dearly. <laughs> of all of them dearly, and John, of course, John, you know, Matera, who does my, the cover photography right. and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Who. Um, who's very happy that I mentioned his name in this podcast, I'm sure, as he listens to this. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I mean, I've just been very fortunate enough to have not only the community support, but also people who have contributed to the magazine in any way, shape, or form because they believe in it. Yeah. You know? And it's cool. Well, something I like to ask my guests yeah. um, is what are some things about Pedro that you are, let's start with the concerns first. Sure. What are you really concerned about in the community right now? What are some of your biggest concerns? My biggest, well, I don't know. my biggest concern isn't so much. Well, the homeless situation is my probably my top concern because, because for the simple fact that, like I said, we did a cover story on this topic four years ago. Mm -hmm. It's it has not gotten better. It's gotten worse. Yeah. The slow rollout of of possible solutions to help has been frustrating mm -hmm. and it's created animosity amongst community members because a lot of people have very extreme opinions about how to solve the issue mm -hmm. and those opinions aren't necessarily based in fact or they're not necessarily based on data usually it's based on emotion and it just causes it's caused a lot of friction amongst community members and Nobody has really banded together to say, let's try to do this. Yeah. You know, even like the navigation center, which was shot down because of the particular location it was originally proposed at, understandable. But instead of shooting it down, let's find other solutions, you know, mm -hmm. rather than say, not in my backyard, well, then whose? You know what I mean? This is our problem. We have to solve it, you know? I'm curious, what are your thoughts on, I mean, like, it has, do you think that this is a new, 
time period where people are just more prone to kind of like fight and not agree on anything right now or do you think that you know we would have been fighting over this and this would have been continuing maybe like um, 10 or 15 20 years ago well, I, I think what it's done is like, I think it all boils down to so, a social media conversation, which, mm-hmm. which is uh, in and of itself a big conversation to have. I don't necessarily participate anymore in like the Facebook world of social media just because it became too toxic. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. uh, in, in our community just became, I, I, I watch friends fight friends, family members argue with family members online and it's, it's childish. You know, it's very childish and it's very immature, and I just don't want to participate in in that world. Yeah, I already told you my story. Yeah, so I'm participating. Yeah, so um, I I wanted to know, like, if you think that the people are kind of fighting now because of the times we're in, or really, do you think we'd still be fighting if it, this was twenty years ago? It sounds like you're saying social media is playing a big role. In it this. is because it, it is because, and this is just my opinion, but. It kind of democratized everybody's voice. Yeah. Meaning, you know, one Facebook comment from so and so can can spark something. Totally. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's not necessarily a good thing. You know. You know. I think you're absolutely right because the things that we say online from behind a computer are not necessarily the things we'd say to each other in person or in a yeah. in a in a meeting. You know, like right. a, a town hall or and something. And sometimes the, those things that are said online aren't necessarily true. Oh, aren't necessarily gosh. you know nobody's yeah. fact checking anybody on this. You know, yeah. somebody posts a rumor, somebody posts. Uh, uh, you know, I heard, or somebody posts incorrect information that, be- and all just because it's in pixels, people accept it as fact. Absolutely. And you know, sometimes it's it's kind of hard to 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 um, justify the opinions from the facts. Mm-hmm. And you know, and that's the world we live in today. And I that's know. all I'm going to say about that. Okay. Well, on. Um, <laughs> on- the opposite end of that question is, what are some things you're really excited about in the community? I'm well. This is a crazy time to be in San Pedro, and I know people have heard this a million times before. San Pedro is always on the cusp of of you know great things. You know, it's been on the cusp of great things for like 40 years here. Um, but in reality, we are on the cusp of say, something it's great. Really happening it's really <laughs> happening. Like I can now, I can I now like, say that. Is it happening? Yes, <laughs> I can say that in full confidence. Yeah. Only because we are seeing, we are seeing the evidence of it now. I was gonna say, Acapulco's gone. The whole, you know, everything's exactly. demolished. We're seeing the actual progress. Exactly. Which is, which is, yeah. You know, ten years ago when I started this publication. It was always when are we going to redo the waterfront? It was always a topic of conversation. They had always start they had started doing things like cruise ship terminal and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But when they raised Portsacal, when Portsacal was gone, and people finally saw with their own two eyes that it's really happening. Mm-hmm. This isn't just talk anymore. This isn't just a dream. It's really we are going to have a brand new San Pedro public market on the waterfront come 2021. Mm-hmm. We are going to have uh, these new um, uh, multi-use um, residences and new business buildings opening up in downtown yeah. this oh year. Oh my gosh, can you, I mean like you know? just driving on Harbor, I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah. there are new buildings here. I can't wait to look at them. And not only that, but it's not just that, it's that, because this happened in 2008 or 2000, whatever, I can't remember the years, but when like the Center Street lofts and the bank lofts and the view opened up, yep. you know, they, they opened up in a very fragile time in the economy, which ended up hurting all of them dramatically. You know, the view went from selling their, their apartments to, you know, renting and then it becomes student housing. And totally. It is what it is. But now we're seeing it happen in a market that's a lot stronger. We're seeing actual hard work being done, mm-hmm. and it's not just talk. Yeah. And it's really exciting. There's a boutique hotel going up next to the Warner Grand Theater. I can't even believe it. Everybody's like, what the heck is a boutique hotel going to be doing next to the Warner Grand Theater? I don't know, but the, but the very fact that people are investing like that here, they're not investing all this money you know, uh, frivolously. Yeah. You know, yeah. There's a plan for this. There are people who are, who are also going to come in and invest too. And who knows, in five years, Pacific Avenue may look a lot different than it does now. Mm-hmm. I think it will. I think it will too. You know, downtown San Pedro certainly is going to look a lot different in five years because by that time everything will be built yeah. and hopefully, you know, we'll be, we'll be on the, well, on the rise. We'll be moving along. Yeah, it's going to be great. Yeah, I'm really excited about that too. So I'm very excited. I, I have nothing but 
utter confidence that this town is on a really great positive upswing. I'm, yeah. I'm excited. I'm really excited. I'm excited too. I really am. Um, I know I know. there's a lot of concern about like all the changes and I totally get that, but I think overall this is going to be a really positive change. Yeah. I do think though that there is a responsibility for people like you and me and, and you know, Angela Romero to really capture all the goodness that makes San Pedro so good. Yeah. You know, and to con- continue to like lift it up. Um, so yeah, we have a lot of work on our hands. <laughs> yeah, we do. That was, yeah, I got another, I think I got another 10 years of, uh, mm-hmm. of doing this. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you so much <laughs> for your time. I My really appreciate it. I mean, I'm, I'm really excited that I finally got you to sit down. And yeah, talk this was fun. I know this was fun. It's nice to have you here. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, like I said, it's been a, you know, it's been a crazy adventure. Yeah. And so. Who knows what the next 10 years have, so. I was going to say, do you have anything new in sight for the magazine that you want to share? Yeah, I mean, we have a brand new website, okay, yeah. which is awesome, which I I'm really excited about. about. Uh-huh. Yeah, we I, you know, spent a buku amount of money on it, trying <laughs> to get it going, you know. It's not fully, I mean, it's not fully finished yet in the sense that there's still some some stuff, but it's live. You could go on sampeterstay.com and check it out. Very cool. Um, yeah, I'm really excited about it. So that's like the next adventure is to get into like, you know, finally putting in the magazine with a proper website mm-hmm. online and... I know, you know, San Pedro's always like five, I always joke that we're like five years behind the technological curve mm-hmm. um, with the rest of the world sometimes. And I, you know, I can prove to that to be true actually. And, and starting a new website now at this time is just like, it's about time, you know? <laughs> like, let's do this thing. So. Yeah, I remember, yeah, I remember. You remember working the, with us trying I to do. do the first website. It, it sucked. And we had to do something better, PDF, you know? And I was like, I can't read. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, that's really and exciting. So. I'm really happy for you about that. Yeah, and we're awesome. going to start um, we're, we're gonna start a uh, merchandise line soon, too, yes. which I'm very excited about. Dude, people so. love to wear Pedro stuff. I know, and I have a really cool graphic artist who's been doing some cool designs and logos. Oh, and that's In fact, awesome. since we're done with this, I have a meeting with that about that. And so I hopefully we'll have um, something available for Christmas that you can purchase online on the new website. Um, I want to do something yeah. giveaways. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, we'll do something. It'll be fun. <laughs> Very cool. So, yeah, I'm excited. The next, you know, the next 10 years are going to be, it's an exciting time to be in San Pedro, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I'm hoping that we can continue to chronicle it and, you know, be able to provide something that San Pedro can continue to be proud of. Yeah. So. Um, so for listeners out there who want to um, get in touch with you, who want to follow the magazine, can you list out some of your handles? Or yeah. Um, the, if you want to get in touch with the magazine, if you want to pitch a story, um, the best way to do it is through emailing the magazine at contact at sampedrotoday.com. Mm-hmm. Um, it's tough for me to take story pitches over the phone just because of it is. Right. Um, but yeah, and if, of course, if you want to support the magazine by advertising, of course, you can do that as well. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, com. everything's St. Peter Today, so you can find us on any of the social stuff. I'll have all the links in the show notes as well. So yeah. all you guys have to do is just scroll down to the bottom of your episode, and there it will be. Sweet. Awesome, Josh. Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate having your time here. Thank you, my dear. It was a pleasure. Awesome. <laughs> Until next time. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed um, hearing from Joshua Stecker, uh, founder and editor-in-chief of San Pedro Today. Let him know how much you enjoyed this episode. Let him know how much you appreciate the publication um, and how much we cherish it uh, as they celebrate 10 years of being in business. Uh, Like always, if you enjoyed this episode, I would love a rating from you. And if you have a little bit more time, a review would be amazing. Um, in the meantime, be sure to check out the links in the show notes. Everything relevant to this episode will be listed right there. So anyway, I hope all of you have a wonderful weekend and see you next week. Bye.